listening to the Philly Soccer Pod. This week, the Union make it two in a row as they annihilate DC United. They face the Houston Dynamo this Wednesday. Plus an inside view from the Union's town hall meeting. Let's go. For nothing. I'm Will McQuillan, Joe and Matthew with me today, as always, and, uh, well, guys, that was really a rout. Joe, what happened in this game? I think it was a combination of a resurgent union who's uh, finally seems like they know how to play some soccer and play cohe- cohesively together against a D.C. United team that looks spiritless and terrible. So uh, everything was in the union's favor this evening. I agree. I'm not, I don't know what happened between... The union's last loss and now, but maybe Jim Curtin's better coach than we're giving him credit for. The union have looked really good in these last two games. All right, a quick box score. The union scored in the 39th minute with Harris Madunian in a long bomb rocket assisted by Chris Pontius. And then they get three in the second half. Gucci Onyewu off the corner in the 64th minute. Fafa Pico in the 78th. And in the 88th, Fabian Herbers with the garbage time Golasso. And three of these goals were three of the nicest goals I've ever seen the Union score. It was amazing. I mean, the the, the Herbers was first-timer from top of the box. Madunin from, what do you think, 30 yards out? Probably, yeah. And uh, Picot, upper right-hand corner. I mean, those, and Gooch. Gooch, was, he just dominated Bobby, Bobby Boswell, who just seemed like he didn't even care at that point. Yeah, he was probably a foot in the air higher than Boswell. The Union came out in this game for probably the fourth or fifth week in a row playing really coherently, moving the ball nicely, um, and, and getting it around the field. D.C. didn't really look like they had an answer early on. That's true, but this is, for me, more importantly, the first time that the Union have taken that momentum and pushed forward with it and really brought the game to the other team for an extended period of time. And, yeah, you asked the question, you know, what what's different? Is it Curtin is a better coach than we thought? Or I think a lot of it is, is intangible psychological impact, that they start they're believing that they can play together they are believing they can compete and you can just see it in the confidence that they exhibit on the field yeah Matthew why don't you describe a little more in detail how the union were playing uh, in the in the game I thought the union did a lot better job of moving the ball around they got the ball to Madunian or Bedoya and let them decide where to put it and that's what the union need to do if moving forward if they want to be a competitive team I was also impressed by the work rate from C.J. Sapong and Chris Pontius, both, you know, stuff that doesn't really show up on the stat sheet, uh, but winning winning those tackles, those aerial duels. Um, and uh, even working back, I think Sapong set up that third goal for the Union by uh, tracking back and making a tackle. Yeah, this Union team, if, if anything, they work hard. They do not quit, and they work hard. And yeah, you're watching against a, a D.C. United team that seems to have lost their way. And, you know, for the last, what, they probably threw in the towel in the 70th minute, uh, just to watch, watch the Union's work rate versus the D.C. work rate was a, a contrast in styles. Um, and then in the second half, you know, the floodgates really opened, uh, and, and pretty quickly the Union were up two, three, four goals. It, it all happened off after that Acosta red card. Um, the Union could just kind of relax on the ball and pick a nice pass and build an attack. Yeah, Joe, can you describe that red card? Well, Acosta, he probably got fi- fouled by Oguchi Onyewu, Nope, but the foul was not called. He got angry, got up, and attacked. El Senior. Was it El Senior he was going for? Basically, went at him intentionally with the official standing five feet away. 
Yeah, it was studs up. I tweeted out, I think, right after it happened. It, it was deserved. Um, it, it was just retaliation. I, I just think it was, it was a good team effort all around. DeColt played well. Jay Simpson, when he got in, he was playing very well. Good feet, nice passes. Um, the defense looked strong. Ray Gaddis came back from his, his knock in the last game. I just thought it was a good team effort. And, and hopefully they've got some momentum. I know they've got this midweek game coming up, but hopefully they've got some momentum and are starting to turn things around a little bit. I'd like to go back to what you said, Joe, about the comparison between the work rates of the Union and D.C. And uh, I'd like to say that that reflects on Ben Olsen. I don't think he's a very good coach. I never thought he was a strong tactical mind, but he always put out a D.C. team that worked hard, made the game really ugly, and managed to gut out some results. But if they can't do that, if he can't bring that out of the players, then what does he bring to the table? Yeah, and, and one guy that we haven't really mentioned is Alejandro Bedoya, uh, who also had a good game, if, if a little bit quiet. Um, and he's really picked it up the last couple of weeks and starting to look like a DP. I've become a fan of Bedoya. I mean, I'm not sure if I was watching his game incorrectly or, if, or like you said, he's starting to come into his own right now, but he's having a, a big impact on each game that he's in, and, and I'm admiring the way he plays the game. Uh, one more thought I have. Uh, the Union has scored seven goals since Roland Allberg went down with an injury partway through the Red Bull game. You think there's a connection between those two? I think there is. I think that... When Alberg's in the offense, it's either Roland Alberg or there's no offense at all. And I don't think that's because he's a ball hog, per se, but because that's just how he plays. Uh, and Elsino came in in the 10 for him tonight. How do you think he played? I thought he did pretty well. Some people online were skeptical, but I, thought, I always thought he would do pretty well because he was smart and he doesn't work that much on defense. So that was a good position for him. Just a quick reminder that this Wednesday, that's May 17th, the Union have a midweek game against the Houston Dynamo. Uh, We hope to have a show out by Friday to recap that game and preview Colorado to play on Saturday. We don't know quite yet if it's going to happen. These midweeks games really throw a wrench into things. Uh, If this does end up that we don't do a midweek show, we'll have one out on the following Tuesday like we normally do. This week, the Union return home to face the Houston Dynamo. Uh, Matthew, coming into this game, what are the odds that the Union come out with three points? I really don't know. The Union have been playing really well, but it could always evaporate at any second. You know, when you watch the Union in past years, they get these streaks going, and then suddenly it's gone, and it's just gone. Joe, you don't think anything's going to carry over from these last two uh, blowout wins? Oh, I think it's definitely going to be a carryover effect. I think the Union are, have confidence. They're, they've exhaled, they're relaxed, and just playing the game as opposed to you know three weeks ago when they were all clenched up and, and had no confidence. So I, I, I'm feeling increasingly optimistic. I don't want to take a closer look at this Houston lineup. Uh, they're a team that, again, sort of like D.C., although we didn't see it in this game. Uh, they like to get the ball wide. A lot of their offense just comes from crossing the ball into the box and, and winning those duels, which is something the Union have had a little bit of trouble with. And again, with the man marking um, for the Union has, has been a weak spot. Defensively, they've had some difficulties just when guys take the ball at them on the dribble, um, sort of collapsing. Uh, they also have trouble clearing the ball, and they're vulnerable on set pieces also, so should be an advantage for the Union there. We saw that corner kick goal tonight with uh, Harris to Anyewu. Right, but on the dribble, Houston has two really dangerous guys, Albert Elise and Romel Kyoto. We don't know exactly what their injury status is right now. 
But if they're on the game, they're really good at taking the ball and running at a defender and putting the ball in the box. Yeah, it does seem likely that they're going to play. Um, and you recommended at least for fantasy the segment last week. Uh, what does he bring to the table if he, if he is on the game in the game? He's a dynamic striker. He likes to go out wide, get the ball, run at someone. Uh, he can also get in the middle and win a header, like you said. He's a really good finisher. Uh, two more guys I want to talk about. Uh, Joe Willis is the goalkeeper, a former DC United backup. I, don't, I haven't really seen him play that much. Is he any good? He's one of those goalies where he would either be a really good backup or a below-average starter. DC has two. Uh, DC Houston has two of those, and him and Tyler Derrick. So it's really, I, I'm not scared of Joe Willis. Uh, and the last one is Kubo Torres, uh, of course, former Chivas USA striker who's resurfaced this season and, and is playing really well. He leads the league in goals. I've, I've seen uh, Houston play, I think, twice this season, and they move the ball quickly and smoothly, but they seem to have trouble finishing, although, like you said, Kubo Torres is leading the league in, in goals. So it, it's going to be a good matchup. It's gonna be, it should be an exciting game. Uh, watch out for Alex in this game. He's gotten really good as a number 10, although I guess technically he's a, they play a flat three in the midfield. But he's the creative engine in that Houston midfield. He can pass really well. He plays a lot of defense, too, and he's good with spacing. Is the three up top for Houston going to cause an issue for the Union back line? Because uh, that's more guys than they generally have to be marking constantly. I think it's less about the number of guys than the skill level. Houston has four strikers, I would say, who can start on any team in MLS, and no matter how they rotate those guys, it's going to be a problem. Uh, predictions now, I know this is wildly inaccurate, but scoreline and goal scorer, Joe. All right, we're recording about 20 minutes after the end of the 4-0 DC annihilation, right? So I'm a little fired yeah. up, feeling bullish on the Union. I'm going to go for a, let's go for a 3-1 victory. Wow. CJ's going to get one. Uh, how about Bedoya? And let's throw one in for another one for Fafa. All right, Matthew. I think it's going to be a 3-2 win. Union keeps scoring. I agree that CJ will score. I think Madunian's going to score. And I think that Chris Pontius will finally get one this season. I'm going to predict a Union win maybe 2-1 uh, closer than we think. I think Houston's got some barbs they can throw at this Union team. We don't have a MLS Fantasy Tips segment or the best games from the weekend this week because it's going to be a midweek game. Joe, you were at the Union's town hall meeting on Thursday night. Uh, what was that like? It was an interesting experience. Uh, there are probably about 100 fans there, um, and four representatives from the Union kind of led, led the presentation. Tim McDermott on the business side, Ernie Stewart as the head of football, uh, Jim Curtin, and Alejandro Bedoya. And I think it was initially called because of the unrest among the fan base during the lack of, I won't call it a losing streak, but the lack of winning streak. And I tell you, I walk away feeling more positive about the club and its direction. Why? I was really impressed with Ernie Stewart. He's smart, he's passionate, and he's a leader. He has articulated a vision for where he thinks this club needs to be over the next five years. And he's sticking his neck out by setting that vision forward and is committed to doing, to seeing it through. But he is taking a strong leadership role. And I think that's good for the club. And it's exactly what the club needs after the Nick Sakevich years and the changes thereafter. 
Yeah, what, what does that vision entail briefly? It's sort of a five-year plan where throughout the union organization, they want to develop youth talent. Um, they're not going to be going out and signing big name, big dollar DPs, um, but guys like a Bedoya, a million dollar, uh, you know, Ernie pointed to Alejandro Bedoya and said he's exactly the type of designated player that the union want. Guy who works hard, who's a good teammate, who puts the team first and is committed to excellence. Uh, what did Tim McDermott have to say? To, of the four guys who spoke, Tim McDermott for me was the least impressive of the four. He responded some, to some fan questions about game day experience, uh, the availability of players for you know, interaction with the fans, where a, a couple of people had uh, you know, said that it's not like it used to be. Um, and he also responded to a question about lack of diversity in terms of the union crowd and, and how, you know, what is the team doing to market itself to a more diverse population. Uh, anything else you want to say about that night? Well, on this podcast, we've often questioned, you know, why is it a four-two-three-one? Why can't that change? Or, geez, we need a coaching change. But Ernie Stewart, he's not changing a thing. He's looking five years down the road. He's laid out his plan. And in his mind, if we lose games between here and there, it's just part of the system as our team and club grows and develops in to, to the fruition of the plan. And he's confident that it's going to happen and I walk away feeling more confident myself all right that's that's good to hear I'd still like to see a second striker but uh generally it seems like things are trending in the right direction yeah the timing of this uh, the meeting with the fans couldn't have been any better after a three nothing beating of the the Red Bulls but uh, yeah in general I think stepping back and looking big picture I, I'm, I'm more optimistic than I was last week That's going to do it for this episode. As always, we remind you to subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher.com, and SoundCloud. You can follow us on Twitter at PhillySoccerPod. I'm at Will McQuillan, and Matthew's at Matt underscore McQuill. Comments, questions, or reactions can be tweeted at us there or emailed to us at PhillySoccerPod at gmail.com. Ratings and comments on iTunes and Stitcher are essential for getting a show like ours publicity, so please be sure to tell your friends and leave those reviews. It's super quick. Uh, feels like we've been getting into a groove with these podcasts, putting out some good ones, I feel like, and uh, we're excited to keep going. For Joe and Matthew, I'm Will McQuillan. See you next week.